Welcome to episode number 10 of the Everyone Belongs podcast. I am Ben. And I'm Cammie. And this podcast exists because we are exploring what it looks to live beyond tribes and systems with a love that's big enough for all of us. Now that sounds like whatever, some hippy-dippy bullshit. But the reason why it's so important to us is because we've actually been kicked out of a lot of tribes and systems. Our fair share. Very, very painful. And we have, um, for the first seven parts of this podcast, shared our story about what it was like to grow up in a pretty normal white person evangelical home. Nothing crazy at all. Except for my dad was a pastor. Yeah, but that's even like normal. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. He was just like a normal pastor dude. Sure. Um, and so for the first 10 episodes, seven episodes, we shared our story. And then the last three episodes have been Q&A. So this is our third and final episode of Q&A about our story. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about what our story was in summary, if you didn't have time to listen to it, we both grew up American white kids with Christian parents and went to church, and in our high school years, started to become more and more committed to the faith and becoming more interested in ministry and missionary roles. I can't say missionary positions because Cammie will make a inappropriate... Just where my mind went. Joke. I don't... <laughs> that's, that's what I think about when I think missionary position. I'm like, oh, it's a sex position. Hey, I'm down. Not a ministry church position. Hey, <laughs> amen, sister. <laughs> Preach it. Uh, okay. um, we went to Bible college for a little bit and got married at the age of 20. We were virgins when we got married, which was very important to us. We had kids very early on. Um, kind of got kicked out of a bit of a churchy church. Um. Then we dedicated our lives to this kind of discipleship process that, to make matters a bit more complicated, was um, started by Cammie's brother and family. And we also owned businesses with these people. And starting around, if if you're new to the story totally, I would recommend starting around episode five. That's where it gets a little spicy. Um, that's when we start running into the big problems and things start to get really real and painful for us. And we were a part of causing the pain and we were also a part of receiving the pain. And it was a long two or three year process of getting healing and extracting ourselves to a point where I feel like we can share the story now. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want to start off with something a little bit unique because I was getting a little bit fired up this week. Because, so if you put yourself in our shoes, we haven't shared this story for three years. Then all of a sudden, we're sharing the story for the first time very publicly, as you can hear on this podcast. And we start hearing rumors because we still live where we lived. So all these people that we used to be friends with and that we used to do Christian community life with and discipleship with, and there was all these brand names they operated under. We still run into at Starbucks. And they all live around here. And we and we, we still share, while a lot of them don't speak with us, some of them do. So the ones that speak to us are telling us about what the ones say that don't talk to us. So we hear what's going on, right? Third hand. <clears throat> And there's this common phrase that I've kind of heard a couple of times now, which is people are warning the people that are listening, there's always two sides to the story. (laughs) Which is basically saying, if we really want to cut through the bullshit, it's saying don't trust the Crawford's version of the story. They're not really saying 
hey guys, let's actually <laughs> sit down and and objectively no, go through. No both one sides. for the last three years was saying, hey guys, just remember the most important principle of life is to remember there's always two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. So go and talk to the Crawfords. No one came and asked us our story for the last three years. Yeah, that was inside the system. But now all of a sudden, there's these fucking pillars of truth out there that are making it their God-given like beacon of hope and light to the world to remind everyone mm-hmm. that there's always two sides of stories, a.k.a. don't trust what we're saying is basically what they're saying. So that brings me to an interesting kind of thought and a challenge, which I'm ready to lay down right now. All right. And that is for any of you that have the quote-unquote other side of the story. Bring it. Bring it the fuck on. And we will do everything in our power to share it, whether that means publishing it on our platform. If you want to publish it on your platform, I will post the link on our platforms. We will respond to it or share it with everything that's in our power to give the full side of the story. And we will publish it in its entirety. Like I'm not going to edit it. Uh, I will keep it anonymous in so much as we're only using the names that we think offer the integrity of the story. We're not trying to like give people notoriety or ruin anyone's reputation, but we are committed to honestly telling the story. And if you think that the story that we're telling is not accurate, make it accurate. Let's go. I have a very sneaking suspicion we're not going to hear much because I don't think it is about accuracy. I think it's about shutting people up. Mm-hmm. So I was a Nazi about keeping logs, dates, recordings. So if we want to get into like details, let's go. <laughs> Otherwise, shut the fuck up and let us tell our story. We've let you tell yours. And th- this actually really pisses me off because a lot of what's coming up, especially in the Facebook discussion group, is a lot of people that feel silenced. And I'm fine with folks disagreeing. I'm fine. I'm actually fine with both people telling the story. If they, if they have their story and their podcast, I would love to hear them share it. Go mm-hmm. for it. You know? But everyone has a right to tell their story, I believe. And what's very fascinating, by, by issuing these general kind of warnings, it's the safest way to discredit us without actually having to deal with the content itself. Because what I would love to hear is to say, no, we never said that, or no, that date wasn't true, or no, you did this and you're not talking about it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, but the one thing, the one thing that needs to be, um, to go with my challenge, the one caveat is, I will publish facts, but I will not publish just feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to stick to here. We're sharing our feelings a little bit, but this isn't, we're not sharing how we feel about all these people. We're trying to share exactly what they said, the date they said it, and we might throw in our feelings, but that's, I consider that the least helpful part of at least what our goal is. So if, for the other side who disagrees, those that think there needs to be more facts and more truth out there, I would love to hear that. Um, oh wow, getting fired up already. <clears throat> Okay. What? Oh, you know what? I'm going to share more while we're on this topic. Go for it. Because some of the other things my birds are telling me. Is that? Your birds. Who said that? That was that Game of Thrones guy. What was his name? I don't remember. I don't know. You don't remember? The bald guy. The oh. guy that always said the eunuch. Oh, Ferris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to say my, my birds li- are my whispering. My little birds. My birds have whispered to me that we have denounced Christianity. Mm. Which the thing I love about this platform is we have hours and hours and hours of recordings on iTunes and YouTube. And you can go back and listen to our story. We haven't said anything about our current belief about Jesus at all. But what, and, and the reason why I'm sharing this is not to throw people under the bus, but I want you guys to see what we've observed and what you can expect if you step up against, in this case, the Christian machine, but it's probably true about any machine, is that when your story is true and valid, when they can't discredit the story, they discredit the storyteller. So 
how that has happened with us is we have heard from friends, oh, watch out for them. They've denounced Christianity, which what sucks about that is what 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 they're basically saying to people that are not Christians, that is like no big deal. People wouldn't right. think twice about that. But if you're in the circle, if you're in the Christian circle and you hear about someone that's denounced Christianity, when you hear that, what that means is they are less credible. Their story is less valid. Mm -hmm. Their motives are now completely tainted tainted and suspect. And you should watch out and filter everything they say. Whereas if someone is is a believer, quote unquote, you can trust them. They're being motivated by love and honor and God's glory. And you just kind of like let things slide that you might not otherwise let slide. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I, I heard that about us this week. And you know, maybe we'll I don't want to, I, I don't want to get into this comment because I think it will distract us. But someone in the comment section asked me what I think about Christians um, to this day. And I, I don't want to get into it, but I don't have a problem with Christians. But I do have a problem with people discrediting those who believe things that are different from them and discrediting their voice. Which a lot of Christians do that. Let's and, be fair. And really discrediting their humanity. Our humanity, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're being... And it's being done in Christian lingo, so people let it slide because they're not saying we're like slaves, or they're not saying we're like females in the fifties, or like you know whatever the lesser versions of humans that have been used throughout history. But when I was a Christian, we viewed those that believed something different as less than. Hmm. How's yeah. that for an intro? It's good. Got me a little fired up already. Um, because enough shit has been painful and wrong and dangerous to us as it is with the truth being told that the last thing I want to support or facilitate is like non-truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard enough with the truth. Like, okay. So getting into the Q and A today, we have one, two, three, four topics that we're covering. And one of them we're gonna spend the majority of the time on answering these questions. And that is about cults. Mm -hmm. Would you like to read the first question, Kim? This is from Jamie. Do you consider the group you were a part of a cult? This is such a fun question. And we do not have a short answer <laughs> because this really all depends on your definition of a cult. Yeah. And what I have found in the past is that oftentimes people define a cult based upon a series of very obvious behaviors. You have a strong leader. There might literally be Kool-Aid, but maybe there's a figurative Kool-Aid that people are drinking altogether. It's like dangerous, like there might be guns or sex or, or something like that. Or they're super isolated. Yeah, and they might like live on a compound with a literal wall. Mm -hmm. And then they, we have this way of approaching cults where we're like, okay, if it satisfies those criteria, it's a cult. But if it doesn't have those things, it's not a cult. Mm -hmm. And that labeling system I think is actually a little bit broken and unhelpful because it doesn't help us address what's actually dangerous about cults. Mm -hmm. So um, we came across a resource through a podcast and the podcast is called Cults. And I was listening to this on the Appalachian Trail and this podcast references, references this book and this famous, I guess, psychiatrist that has this list of things that define mm -hmm. um well it's fascinating because I, i'm just gonna have to like read this and I, i'm gonna link to the source in the notes if you're interested in this but this this is a book that's called thought reform and the psychology of totalism subtitle a study of brainwashing in china by psychiatrist robert j lifton and from what i understand this was a study done on 
I think maybe American POWs in China. And it was getting into the methodology for how they basically brainwashed them, if I understand it right. But the story is probably less important than what we're going to do for a while is to read these the list of these eight things and talk about them independently and how we have experienced them. And what I would offer to start off with is that the definition of a cult is not a black or white definition, but it's actually a spectrum. And I think these eight things that we're going to read are a pretty good place to start when you're asking your question or the question I ask myself is, am I involved in cult-like behavior, mm-hmm. either a victim of it or creating victims of it? And I think you'll find in our culture this is more common than we realize. Wow. That keeps me, makes me want to tune in, Cammy. Okay, number one. Uh, milieu, is that how you say that? I think so. Oh, by the way. Mil- we, I got totally called out on the last podcast by a wrong definition. I said asinine was oh, like, right. was, um, like, was you like, thought it was benign. I thought that was the word that, that was in my head. I was defining benign, which mm-hmm. was like, uh, it's like has no impact upon. Yeah. But asinine is like foolish. Yeah. So you guys totally called me out, yes. corrected, correction, adjectives. spiritual discipline. I repent. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, God. Okay, milieu control is the first one. This involves the control of information and communication, both within the environment and ultimately within the individual, resulting in a significant degree of isolation from society at large. And I think what's really tricky about this is it may be psychological isolation. Like, you may go to the mall, you may even have non-believing friends that you're trying to save, (laughs) Um, but you're still being pretty isolated in this, like, bubble of thought, like, that's very, uh, I don't know, one-sided. So there's a brand of material that is, like, acceptable to expose yourself to. Mm-hmm. And there's a brand that's not, that's considered like dangerous. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you grew up in the Christian world, all you have to do is think about about seven years ago, and I haven't even read Rob Bell, but I just know if you were caught with a Rob Bell book in a lot of circles or The Shack, or there's a certain, like these controversial books that if you were seen with them publicly with certain groups, well, let me put it this way. You weren't seen with them. <laughs> because to carry it, just to even have the book, <laughs> meant that you were in danger, that you were disregarding your faith. Or even to just say the name in a not a derogatory to sense. To quote Rob Bell or to even like claim to take him seriously, which I've heard the guy more in the last couple of years. He's a smart fucking dude. Mm-hmm. The guy, like, he knows his shit. He's, like, an expert communicator. And I'm not talking about in the bad way. That's how all Christians used to talk about him. I'm just yeah. talking about, like, when it comes to creativity and arts, like, he's really smart and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not even talking theology for a second. But but that's how – so that's just one example. Um, but let's share for ourselves ways that we've seen this in our life. And I, I want to read this again because, once again, just to reiterate, this is a list – of cult-like factors that contribute to brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, so milieu control, control is, um, this involves the control of information and communication within the environment and ultimately within the individual, resulting in significant degree of isolation from society. So I know in our world, the, sh- the thing that really saved us was our counselor, our therapist. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he saved us, I think, <clears throat> was just because he was outside of this world. Yeah. And for that reason, a lot of people discredit, quote unquote, secular counseling. Not because they actually listen to what it says and can actually disagree with the point itself. Mm-hmm. But because they're saying, basically, and 
like I said, you have to be careful because they don't use these words, but they're like, because it's not our brand. Because it's not Christian, because it doesn't depend on God's power. And there's all these kind of like vague terms. But basically, it says, if you're a Southern Baptist and your marriage is falling apart, you should go to a Southern Baptist counselor. And if you go to a counselor outside, you're actually like kind of in danger, I think, of participating in the tribe still. Yeah. Any other examples you want to use? But I felt this a lot, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just, like, knew what to say, what not to say. Um, it, it really wasn't a safe place to explore different ideas or beliefs or to talk about people who may have those different ideas or beliefs i remember i'll give you one other example i remember this is on my facebook three years ago i posted an article i think about sexual massage or something like that mm -hmm. by a facebook friend of my name friend of mine whose name's ken mm -hmm. and an old staff member at a church from like eight years ago like googled the hell out of this guy <laughs> and i guess his article had been posted on a some witchcraft site you know but it, it wasn't like burning cats or whatever it was like i don't know it was like an online it just said witch or something i mean mm -hmm. and i looked at the site and i couldn't even like i couldn't find any witchcraft not that i i even care but mm -hmm. you know it yeah. was like the branding of it yeah and so and this article was written like years before but this guy published and said i would watch out who you're listening to and he posted this link and said it sounds like he's involved in witchcraft and I was like, okay, great. What do you think about the article? And what was happening was the guy wouldn't, I said, you know, I'm not um, endorsing everything this guy says or believes. I don't know. I was just posting because I thought this was an interesting conversation starter and some things that have been really helpful for us about sex. Yeah. And they completely discredited him just because he was an outside source. Mm. Which is funny because... I feel like there's certain areas that some like Christians are okay with outside sources like like medicine. Yeah. Like if you but but you bring in sex, oh, watch out. Like Yeah. Then it's like, oh, this must be sub sub suspect. So let's figure out. Let's yeah. find the the suspect problem here. Yeah. Well, it's all it's um, very dynamic, I think. What is what what Christianity will get in bed with and what it won't. Right. But yeah. But okay. Like, yeah. Number Your two. Your doctor doesn't need to be a Christian. <laughs> uh, okay. Number two. Mystical manipulation. The manipulation of experiences that sets the leader and or group apart from humanity. And that allows reinterpretation of historical events, scripture and other experiences. Coincidences and happenstance oddities are interpreted as omens or prophecies. <clears throat> oh, man. This is all over the place. Um, yeah, I just think there's just a lot of, like, people having dreams and saying, oh, this dream must be mean. I don't really like you, so I was dreaming that I didn't like you, so... That must mean, and they wouldn't ever say like I don't like you, but <laughs> that must mean that you have a you have a problem, you know. Um, just things that like things were just super loaded. Well, like God spoke to me about this and that, mm -hmm. and then of course there's like all this understanding of like meta history, like the Holocaust, you know. Oh, that is in this Bible verse here. Yeah. Or you know, the world wars or the Tower or of Babel. The, the or the Jews weren't Christians, so no wonder that happened to them or something All sorts like of, I mean, like from Y2K to, I guess the Stephen guy that committed discipline, like disciplined us, he was saying the end of the world was going to happen in 2016 based on some Bible verses. Like there was a whole group at this church that we're talking about that like was like shutting down businesses because they were convinced God was going to come back in 2016. But, but it's weird. There's, 
reading between the lines, that's what I love about this list is it's so just cuts to the core, the manipulation of experiences that sets the leader and our group apart from humanity. So when I say I had a dream last night and God told me blank, when I say it in that tone with that level of confidence, I'm saying a couple things. One is there's the actual conclusion that I have, which is Mm -hmm. like, so I need to buy stock in Apple or I need to tell you that you should be a better person. Mm -hmm. But the other thing reading between the lines that I'm saying is, God speaks to me. Mm, I'm in the know. God, God speaks to me uniquely. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else that claims that. And God doesn't speak to you in the same way. Because if you don't have these same dreams, or if you don't hear God the same way, it's another way of making, setting me aside as special, uniquely special. Yeah. So that's what they're saying is manipulative about it. Yeah. And yeah, if you're... Like, well, it's, it's saying... You know, uh, you don't have this gift of prophecy, so you need to trust me more than you can trust yourself and your own intuition. So when you're around Christians, in our experience, there's a lot of like, and God told me, and, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and the God, God put on my heart. Which is like a conversation killer. It's yeah, like, these are non, you, you are not allowed to challenge those things. Mm-hmm. If you challenge these things in that type of community, you are viewed as having less faith. All right, number three. Demand for purity. The world is viewed as black and white, and the members are constantly exhorted to conform to the ideology of the group and strive for perfection. The induction of guilt and or shame is a powerful control device used here. All right, we can't spend a ton of time on all these because we have so many more questions yeah. to get to, but can we just say... Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Double. Well, this is really true in our story with the whole pride. We were. It was Mm. a black and white declaration. Yep. Um, It was viewed as sin and not holiness, and they had some level of whatever the opposite of pride is, humility that I didn't have. And we've Mm. also seen this massively in the sexual realm. Oh, yeah. Which is actually kind of codenamed nowadays the purity movement. Mm Hmm. Um. Okay, number okay, four. Number four is confession. Sins, as defined by the group, are to be confessed either to a personal monitor or publicly to the group. There is no confidentiality. Members' sins, attitudes, and faults are discussed and exploited by the leaders. I feel like this guy wrote this about my story. <laughs> so the key words that I hear in this, it's in the first five words, sins, Mm. as defined by the group and christians will be quick to be like well no we don't define them the bible defines them oh they it's like, love wait, to say that wait a second you mean you pick and choose things out of the bible that say and then you just you know a lot of them you even deem a sin it's not even the bible doesn't even talk about it as a sin and then you leave a lot of things that the bible does talk about as sins out yeah it's kind of like when the Bible says like literally two thousand things in terms of like commandments, and you pick three, it might feel like you're. I don't know. I don't think you'll realize how arbit. Well, it's not even arbitrary, because it's it's arbitrary in a way, but it's actually not random because the three that are chosen are for a time, they're for a specific group of people usually. And they're used to gain control. So, mm-hmm. you know, the hot ones in our day and age are divorce and homosexuality, a lot abortion. of sex stuff, abortion. But if you look historically at Christianity, like look at abortion in the 30s, you know, or divorce uh, in the 16th century, like it, it's constantly changing. Okay. Um, number five. Number five, sacred science. The group's doctrine or ideology is considered to be the ultimate truth beyond all questioning or dispute. Truth is not to be found outside the group. So no Rob Bell for you. (laughs) Well, this is like um, Christianity, for those that are in it, trumps all science. Yeah. It trumps medicine in a lot of cases i mean one of the uh, stories this week is um of the bethel community you know the people that are trying to raise the daughter f- from the dead mm-hmm. that with their prayers that's all over the news um i think this is a big reason why evolution is uh not considered not true 
for a lot of Christians, not not all Christians, but because it's in that science category. It's like, well, no, 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 we're not going to think about evolution. It trumps because... psychology. Oh, for sure. Um, Which is really sad to me because there's so much you can learn about how to love people when you understand how people develop. But when you reject a lot of that, yeah. Number six. Okay. Oh, this is a personal favorite. Loading the language. The group interprets or uses words and phrases in new ways so that often the outside world does not understand. This jargon consists of thought terminating cliches. Hey, can you stop banging the ground, please? Someone's playing hockey above our heads. Mm -hmm. So this is huge. I mean, when you come into the Christian world, there is so many wor words and, and lingo. I became so sensitive to this, especially when we started our vlog, because I just realized if we used those words when we talked to other people, 90% of the world wouldn't understand us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people hate us for not using more Christian lingo, like things like God's will or... Um, you know, having faith or being a believer or... Which that to say, oh, this must be God's will is a thought terminating cliche. Yes, that there are so many of those that directly... It sounds weird because when you're in it, you feel like it's um, like you're getting brownie points for doing it's it. It's higher than your thoughts. You're thinking, oh, well, if if I'm looking to God, then I don't need to think. Well, I don't think people realize, I mean, the way I originally thought about it was they terminate conversations, hmm. but they're not open to challenge. Um, so, yeah. okay, number seven. Doctrine over person. Members' personal experiences are subordinated to the sacred science, and any contrary experiences must be denied or reinterpreted to fit the ideology of the group. So I feel like a lot of even us telling our story for a lot of people that are still in this type of mindset or belief, they'll take even like our story and reinterpret it to still fit whatever their ideologies are. All right, Ben's coming back. Okay, where was I? Where were we? What'd so you say? I, I was just saying that I think we've even seen this with we're telling our story, right? And a lot of people that are still in this Christian bubble are trying to take our story and reinterpret it to fit their ideology of what they believe in their group. So this this doctrine over person one <clears throat> has been really important to me because th there's only certain types of people whose doctrine doesn't, their personhood can't fit in with the doctrine. Maybe it's their personality. Maybe it's their belief. Maybe it's their story. Um, I don't maybe know. Maybe they outgrow their doctrine. But when they don't fit, the way a cult will deal with it is by subjugating the person's experience. Mm. So what's happened to us in the last six weeks if we got so many messages from people mm -hmm. who are saying that they like literally felt crazy or they felt depressed or they felt traumatized or anxiety. And I know what that's like because as we shared in our story around episode four and five, as I was going through this year-long trial for being accused of sin and being told that I was wrong and I was crazy, and to me the facts weren't lining up, I was going nuts. I was losing sleep at night. Mm -hmm. I was anxious. I was waking up. Um, I had insomnia. I was like having weird dreams. And I felt like I was, I literally felt like I was going crazy mm -hmm. because I was having to constantly invalidate parts of my brain feelings that I had and parts of my intuition for what the larger group was telling me and not willing to accommodate with me. They weren't even asking my feelings or thoughts on it. Mm. They were like, you're wrong before you even explain it. Mm -hmm. So like, this is like, oh man, 
don't even get me started on how this works with kids and families and quote unquote problem children. Like when we have a child that doesn't fit in and we tell them like they're the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Like what the number of people that can just be wrecked yeah. um, by not by the by the organization not having humility and understanding when it's operating like a cult. Mm-hmm. It destroys people's minds. Yeah. I think this is just another way to say it, but like your beliefs become more important than someone's humanity. Just sucky. All right. Last one. Number eight. Dispensing of existence. The group has the prerogative to decide who has the right to exist and who does not. This is usually not literal, but means that those in the outside world are not saved unenlightened unconscious and they must be converted to the group's ideology man i love that how it says this is not literal because when you think oh those people are worthless like we think of like oh send them to a concentration camp that's like graphic and gross and everyone knows that's gross now we don't say that type of shit now we're smarter than that but we still treat people like their ideas and their humanity is less than ours Mm -hmm. and i have a long history of this from this type of thought Mm-hmm. Where I, I literally, I looked at people, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but it's almost like if you had the choice between going to a Christian, um, like, let's just say there's, um, what's it called? The personal coaches, like. Life at, coach? No, no, no. Like at the gym. Like oh, a personal coach. yeah. Trainer. Like if you could go to a personal trainer that was fat, but a Christian, mm-hmm. or one that was like built and toned, but not a Christian. You would almost go to the fat one that's a Christian because you're like, well, at least they're a Christian. They're a Christian. <laughs> they like know stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, you almost discredit the non-Christian that's, that's life example is better for what your physical goals are mm-hmm. because they're not a Christian. I mean, we did this type of stuff all the time to people where I would like go to advice to like kind of dumb Christians over smart atheists Mm -hmm. or or even psychologists that didn't have the same faith or creed as me which it sounds pretty innocent like it sounds like you're just like oh i'm supporting christians but actually not only are you doing that you're discrediting the humanity and the opinion of others just because they don't share your same tribe or creed Mm -hmm. and you're cutting out for yourself like a whole mass of potential help from people so yeah that's why you know what's happened i mean and i think you guys know i hope you know we're not like doing this to get sympathy at this point um but our dis our existence has been dispensed of by a lot of the community that we are involved in meaning we didn't get invited to parties in fact when we invite people to parties we don't even hear response. Um, we don't get invited to funerals or weddings. Um, in coffee shops, people don't acknowledge us. I mean, it's like, you know, it's kind of fucking crazy. Like, it's, it's once. <laughs> it's like, I mean, come on. Like, this, it's like shittier than what just normal people do to normal people uh, at times. It's just like. Which, wow. which what this list has helped me with, because I agree it's shittier, but what makes it really shitty, I think, is when we were taking it personally and we didn't know how else to take mm. it. Now yeah. when we can understand, oh, this is how thought controlling organizations yeah. need to operate. This list is not random. This list is very strategical mm-hmm. because it preserves the group of a thought. When your basis is thought control and manipulation, you need to have these things in place to exist and to perpetuate it. Yeah. And so, we were in it for most of And our we lives. were in it and we did that. So when we got kicked out, now all of a sudden we could see how we had committed all these crimes. And committed, yeah. Exactly. And it made total sense actually why they were being done to us. It, I mean, it hurt. It's only obvious to you once you're out of it. So yeah. let's, so to answer Jamie's question, were we in a cult? <laughs> Let's go through these one last time, and we'll we'll do a little ding. If we were Milu control, thought information, isolation, check. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. Mystical manipulation, manipulation of experiences that sets a leader group apart from humanity. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. 
Demand for purity. Ding. Triple ding. Confession. Sins as defined by the group. Ding. Ding. Sacred science. Ding. Ding. Loading the language. Ding. Double ding. Doctrine over person. Triple ding. Ding, ding. Dispensing of existence. Quadruple ding. All right. So based upon that, guess what, though? There was no Kool-Aid. No. There was no literal walls. No Charles Manson. No guns. No murder. Um, no matching robes. But I would say without beyond a shadow of a doubt, unless someone's going to... If you're saying we're not in a cult, either disprove our story or redefine cult in a way that you want to. That sure. Present it. Right. But based on this, absolutely. We were in... Which I think is a, a tough pill for certain people to, if you're a little bit open-minded, at least as a Christian, it's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow because it's not to say all Christians are in cults. That's not what we're saying. But a lot of Christians, I believe, are. Participate in cult-like behavior. Participate and, in cult-like behavior. And you may behavior. as well be in a cult. What you call it, I don't care what yeah. brand name you have. And the other thing that's a little bit scary, I think, is... You know, we could post the current websites of the people and the ministries that they're running to this day, and you could go to these, and these sites, they are the most normal sites on the planet. For a normal Christian, you would read these things, and there would be no red flags. It says the same old common thing, glorifying God, following God's word, designed for family, yada, yada, yada. It's so normal. It's not until you don't fit in the group that you start seeing these cult-like behaviors. and Or you're outside of the group. And one thing, you know, I want to pause on that because I think that's really important. There's a couple ways to explain away our experience. One is we're fucking crazy. And not crazy in a bad way maybe, but we're extreme. Mm -hmm. So we forced these people to do this. Mm -hmm. There's another way, though, which I like to think— which is that, yeah, we're crazy and we're extreme, but our story brought out the true essence of what this group was made of. And it's always been there. Mm -hmm. It's just more subtle. And when it's subtle, people don't really have the red flag. You know, They're like, oh, it's not really hurting anyone like too bad, mm -hmm. which is how it was. I hate to keep on referring to the Holocaust because I don't want to equivocate. <laughs> what happened to us with that. But I think the pattern is the same of how certain things occur, which is at first, it's like no big deal. It's just the extremity is different. But yeah. the thought how itself extreme. is what's dangerous. And when the thought leads to, and Tim Keller used to talk about the four stages of like, oh man, what was it? Oh, of, of characterizing Yeah, someone? it was the four stages of um, like D. oppression. And the oh. first was caricaturization. That's, yeah. And then it's separation, and then it ends up with oppression or something like that. But all that to say, we, our story, we were really, really kicked out. You know, our existence was very dispensed of. But we've talked to so many people that experienced lesser versions of this, and it's really hard for them to put their finger mm -hmm. on because it's not it's not done explicitly just like ours wasn't done explicitly for most of the time and it's not it's oppression but it's not blatant oppression yeah they just notice like they don't have a voice anymore and they don't know yeah. really what happened and mm -hmm. they're like i used to be really important here and now no one's asking my opinion and i'm mm -hmm. not invited to the same types of things and i i don't know what it is and they think it's probably maybe it's me you know that's mm -hmm. what they think but knowing that these patterns are always there for this type of group i think is helpful for people to know it's not you. You're not, yeah. you know. Okay. All right. The, we're moving on now to the next question, I think, about Still cults. under cults. When you were going through the year of hell, what did you feel was at risk by not complying with the requirements of Jeremy and David? I understand that you had been conditioned for a lifetime to fall in line, but what was the so what? What was the worst case scenario of not falling in line? And this, these questions are from Britta. So, you know, for a year or two, we jumped through these hoops and really sacrificed our family, our finances, and our mental health to, to do this. And I think she's asking, what were you afraid of? Which mm. I think is a super valid question. I mean, ultimately, I think we were 
I guess the worst thing was that we would do something to displease God because we saw these people connected somehow to God's favor. Yeah. And then the second to worst thing was to get booted from the group. And maybe those two were actually tied together because that group equaled God for us at the time. Yeah. Yeah, man, it sounds so weird to say that, you know, because no one talks about that. And if you would have asked me then, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been able to articulate that. The thought yeah. never occurred to me that we'd ever actually be kicked out of the group. I didn't think it was even like possible because <laughs> we were so committed. Yeah. But Or and then everyone's like, we love you. But in the first one, yeah. I mean, you're basically taught and we taught that there's wisdom in community and elders and leaders and they're closer to God or know God. Or even if they're wrong, there's still a benefit in submission. Mm. And... So when you do that, if you choose to to disobey that, it's really scary. I mean, we kind of like tell each other these stories in these communities of all these examples of how it didn't turn out, you know, with with Abraham and and um, what's his fucking name, Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Is that how Muslim started according to the Bible? <laughs> I can't remember Maybe. this shit anymore. Whatever. They're like, there's all these biblical stories of people that went against God's will and how they just got yeah. totally fucked oh right and then there's modern day stories where people say like oh look at uncle bob he like didn't follow god and now Mm -hmm. he's fucked and then there's like look at aunt barbara she didn't follow god's will and now she has eight kids that all piss on her every day and she's fucked and Mm -hmm. you just have this i mean you don't even know barbara and you don't know uncle bob and you i don't even really know ishmael but (laughs) but we just tell these stories and it like becomes like don't let that happen to you whatever Mm. it is and it's this larger than life thing oh man okay all right last question under this is from bobby e you are nice people how did you get caught up in this miserable cult life you were in it's very sad you don't need this religious nonsense you two have so much potential to do great stuff in the world i think what bobby doesn't understand for anyone who has been in this type of group and then leaves it 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 makes all the sense in the world why i mean we got caught up in it when we were fucking born in it for one um in, in at least some form of this and then so it was like all we knew um so I do agree a lot of it is religious nonsense at this point, but you, you really can't see that when you're in it. And, um, and so I actually have a lot of compassion for people who are in it and understanding because I'm like, I get it. It's like, it really, your mind literally can't go a different direction. It's so afraid to. So you just you you stay in it it's a very strong culture i mean ask an asian person to not think like an asian or ask an american to not care about freedom yeah um it's impossible and yeah it's like a subculture within a larger yeah one of the big tendencies that i really want to debunk is that religious people are stupid Mm. or religious people are idiots or religious people aren't intelligent or religious people aren't nice I don't think this has anything to do with being nice or intelligent it or just, smart. It just trumps all those things. That's You can be an intelligent, nice person, but your beliefs can trump your niceness. It can tr- trump your intelligence. Um, because I don't think people understand psychologically how this stuff works on people. Um, it's very, yeah. very powerful. Well, it's, it's like powerful. saying, it's like asking what, I mean, I mean, let's, let's change this question for one second and like apply it to Nazism. Mm-hmm. You are nice people. How did you caught up, get caught up in this miserable military life you're in? It is very sad. You don't need this Nazi nonsense. You two have so much potential to do great stuff in the world. I mean, would you say that to Nazis in Germany? Like... That was the flow of the time. And if you grew up in Nazi Germany with millions of people doing the same thing, it would have been so hard to see past it. And that literally could have caused your life. And when it causes your life, a lot of people don't give themselves the mental permission 
to well, even consider it. And everyone wants to belong, especially when you're young. Like you want to belong in a group. Like you want to feel like someone cares for you, has your back. Those are very important needs, I think, as humans. So once again, I want to reiterate that I don't think this has to do with being nice. I don't think this has to do with intelligent. There are intelligent people that identify as Christian. There are intelligent people that are atheists. There are nice people that are uh, Christian or religious or other religions, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And there's nice people that are atheists or agnostic or whatever. And there's assholes that are mm -hmm. Christian. And there's definitely asshole atheists. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I really would rather... I think to be really intellectually honest about this, we can't put one people group in a box. And we have to look at these systems of thought because the other thing is, I mean, we're blasting away our experience right now in our church, but these eight things, they exist all over the place. This is not a Christian thing. Oh, they yeah. exist in, I mean, we, we talked to this Wiccan lady that got kicked out of a Wiccan church. You know, mm -hmm. so if you think they're any better or Catholic or Mormon or Islam, or fucking Scientology. I mean, I'm, I'm even listening to religious things, but even governments. Politics. Yeah, politics operate the same way. Um, even like political movements or um, yeah. other like YouTube channels or- Nationalism. You know, just even like movements. Yeah. They all, a lot of them function this way where they cast out people and they exist off thought control. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a very startling realization while we're on that question. And that is, we're not going to get any further. I know. <laughs> but that's oh okay. Goodness. Because yeah. I got this question, and I really liked it, and I, w I didn't want to read it in the beginning, but I think now it would be totally appropriate. So this is from Jana. This is from a, a YouTube comment. Yes. I have been a semi-long-time viewer of FFT. I have honestly loved watching and rewatch frequently. I do have a question I hope you'll answer. I've listened to your story, and I now have a better understanding of why you've left the church. I find it terrible that people in a church would act in such ways to you and your family. My question is, as a believer, Christian, conservative, reformed, Presbyterian, whatever you want to call me as I'm all these, what do you think about people like me who still are active in the church? I grew up in a conservative Southern Baptist church and could see the situation happening very easily in a church like mine. I've grown in my faith since then, and me and my family have become a part of the Presbyterian Reformed Church. I love my church, and I believe in the gospel, the Bible being breathed out by God, etc. I guess I would honestly like to know, do you think that people in church are brainwashed, not open-minded, stuck in their ways, hard-headed, silly, etc., to believe what you used to? I know you don't know me personally, and I guess this might be hard to answer to, when you don't know me, but I appreciate it, your time, nonetheless. Isn't that a fun question? It is. No, it's, it's actually, I feel like it helps round out this discussion because that would be easy to conclude maybe from this discussion. like Christians are idiots. Right, to just conclude that. Um. I have a problem, though, with broad generalizations in general. In general, broad gen But they, it's never accurate, like, to say all Christians are, you know, assholes, silly, brainwashed, da-da-da-da. Um, yeah, so for me, I mean, she point blank just asks. She says, um, what do you think about people like me who are still active in the church? You know, if it's helpful for you, mm. I am all for it. With one caveat, I think the more that you increase your awareness about the impact that your organization has, but not just upon you. I mean, it's like when you're eating meat, it's like, it's awesome. You go to McDonald's, like this fucking tastes awesome. And then you watch the video about like the, Where the cattle from. warehouse and you're like, turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to know it. Yeah. I have this kind of like thing. I mean, we've been trying to eat less meat this year, but just in general, I had this principle. I didn't always follow it, but the principle says this. You shouldn't eat meat unless you're willing to see where it came from. Mm. It's kind of saying like living in denial about part of the story, I don't think is a very just honest 
healthy way to live. And I kind of feel that way about the church in general is like, you know, great. If, if it's working for you, I have no problem with people in church at all. I, I mean, I really don't. Um, it, it was, it got us where we are. You know, yeah. I don't have a beef with it. Um, but I also, part of my story is having to be honest about how participation in this system, this system oppressed people. Mm. And sometimes you will never know who you've oppressed until you're outside of it because those people will never tell you because you're a part of the system that's still oppressing them. Mm. So I don't want to say like as long as you're okay with that, but I would just say be aware that that might be happening to the degree that in this case, these eight things we shared today are present in your institution. Like be aware maybe where those might might be. Yeah, because I don't think all churches have these things. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a high correlation of churches. Mm-hmm. A high proportion of them have a high proportion of the eight things. Um, but just to be clear, my beef, and this is why this podcast I actually think is a bit unique and why we're taking the time to record it. My beef is not with churches or people. So Jana is being like, what do you think about me? I'm like, Jana, you're great. You're asking mm-hmm. us a question. We're talking like you're my friend. I mean, not really, but we're virtual yeah. friends. Great. Let's have coffee sometime. <laughs> my beef is with these eight things. I think mm-hmm. these eight things are destructive towards growth and humanity. And if they're in a church or if they're in a karate studio, I want to speak against them in a way that offers people a hope for an alternative. Yeah. But that's it. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to take down churches or take down Jana or even take down Crossroads or Stephen or these people that fucking filleted us. Because mm-hmm. I think they're doing what they believe is the best thing. Yeah. Um, and while it wasn't very convenient for me, <laughs> I know what it's like. Yeah. So, you know, she said, I guess I would honestly like to know, do you think that people in church are brainwashed, not open-minded, stuck in their ways? Yeah, of course. Like, I think there's all different levels. But so are atheists, and levels. so are Americans, and yeah. so are people listening to Fox News, and so are people that watch YouTube. Like, I think we're all a little brainwashed, and we're all not open-minded in certain ways, and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I don't see Christians as necessarily uniquely that, although, I mean, I guess to be perfectly honest— my own experience would say that while I was in this system, because of these eight things that you read, massive parts of my brain were shut down. Mm-hmm. That I have, in the last three years, the types of thoughts and feelings and parenting and relationships I've been capable of and love and communication. All of a sudden you have access to. Are so much more interesting and exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So... If people, if a main part of their life is committed to an organization and the organization is held together by parts of these eight things, I would say you might be more brainwashed than the average person. Not that you need to compare, but you might be more brainwashed to even comparing yourself. Like if I look at the past version of myself, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I was way more brainwashed then than I believe I am now. I believe I have that. I'm even open to being open-minded. I mean, back then I wasn't even open even to being o- open-minded. You're even open to being brainwashed. Yeah. I think back then I was like, we denied it. No, <laughs> totally. definitely not. We have the word of God. Man, I really like this question because, yeah. first, well, I mean, I don't think it really matters what we think about you, but if, but our thought, it probably does matter what our thought process is, and and this is what's a little bit challenging to me for. You know, I, I, I'm struggling with our podcast. I feel like it could be weaponized. Where people could use it to try and bring down churches or attack a certain sect of people, whether it be pastors or ministry folks or whatever. And that is not our t- intention. I really, really, really want to talk about controlling patterns and behaviors that we were a part of, that hurt us, that we hurt others with, and that we're still probably a part of. I mean, a lot of these things, you know, we could do this entire list with parenting Hmm. and talk about how these things show up in our parenting. That'd be a fucking bomb-ass podcast. (laughs) 
because it's so natural, it's so much easier to control, Yeah, I think, than to provide freedom. Definitely. So thanks for that question. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm not ready to end, but we got to. We're at an hour. Yep. But I just, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting tired. I'm not, I'm just. But I'm still here with you guys. I'm not. I'm not saying we're gonna actually go. I'm just, I'm just, you know, sharing my feelings. Ben's like part two right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or part eight or whatever the hell. We're okay, on. but man, we got some things to talk about before we sign off. Just like some fun little announcing ounces. Okay, number one, you guys, you did it. I am so proud of you, and I am want to be the first to announce to you that you guys are all the proud listeners of a five-star podcast. Wow. Because you vote us five stars. Now, it was not that easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it was four and a half stars, as you guys remember last week. It was four and a half stars, and then I manipulated you <laughs> into voting for us. And there was like 45 ratings. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it sounds like there's a jackhammer here, but that's just our fridge. Um, and then... A bunch of people voted, like, as soon as the episode was released, the last mm-hmm. episode. And then a bunch of other people found it and voted it one star again. So it went down to <laughs> four and a half stars again. And I was like, oh, no, we're losing. But then people that's pulled really through, funny. and now it has 68 ratings, and it says five stars. And that's ni- that's that makes me feel good. Um, and I really do appreciate it. And the thing that really pisses me off is... There's like, like I can actually see us being a three-star podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually sure. okay with that. Like, you know, we don't even have an intro as our Robin, our friend Robin will tell us, <laughs> uh, which I actually would like to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not, like, we don't do any editing. So like, if you say three stars and you're like, this podcast is fucking that low feels quality, fair. I'm like fine with that. But if you give us a one star, I have a feeling it's people that aren't listening and they just want to silence us. So that's where I'm like, fuck you guys. Goodness won today. <laughs> and uh, fairness, and mm-hmm. we're at the five star. Feels good. Okay, there was that. Um, mm-hmm. But also, if you want to rate it, you can. It, it's still open, and it m- might still help us. I guess I'm not sure how it helps us exactly, besides feeling good. But you know, <laughs> there's that. Um, the second thing is, for a long time, we've been trying to raise money for chairs for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And although everyone belongs, listeners contributed exactly zero dollars to that fund fight for together listeners which is our other podcast contributed hundreds of dollars maybe a couple hundred i I didn't count it exactly actually the the jars right there yeah um and i have a feeling some of you fight for together podcast listeners are on this podcast so i would like to thank you today Mm. the chairs arrived yeah and while my ass is still sore because i'm still sitting on the crappy wooden stool hopefully by next week we'll transition to no. Good luck with that. Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Well. Let's take baby steps. Soon, yeah. <laughs> soon we'll, our asses will be happy. Um, and the final, um, well, two more announcements. Um, all of these questions came from either people that commented on YouTube, and we read all the comments, and we try and respond to a good portion of them, or we have a private Facebook discussion group, and it's been really cool. To be a part of it, you need to give us your name honestly, and you need to answer the question of why you want to be a part of it. And that question is there to screen bad guys. Um, or girls. Or girls. Um, and, yeah. And then the final thing is this podcast is available on all the platforms. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to watch the video. It's on Anchor and Spotify and, like, iTunes and Google. So if find whatever's convenient for you i'm going to post the link to this article uh this wikipedia article about these eight things so that you guys can take a look at it for yourself and ask yourself you know just just do me a favor like no one's slamming anybody no one's putting anyone on trial but just ask yourself the question of like the church environments or it doesn't even need to be church, the clubs or the institutions that you're involved in, how many of these things are present? And just because they're not happening to you doesn't mean they're not present. In fact, the best way to find out 
if they're present is by looking at if they're happening at all and who they're happening to Mm -hmm. and to interview those people Mm because that's when you might have the best picture of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to us talk about this and share our story. Yeah, It's a hard story to share at times. And while we started off the episode talking about how many people are invalidating us. We have way more validating. So I, I appreciate that. And every, every thumbs up, every comment, every listen, every minute that you guys give us is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys saying to us that this story is important. Um, and we appreciate that. Um, if you're listening to this as it's released, we hope you guys have a good holiday week. New mm-hmm. Year's is coming up. Yep. And we're not taking a break, especially now that we keep on nope. coming up with multiple episodes. Now this is a... We got to finish these questions. Two-part, last part. Oh, next week. Oh, that's what I'll do. Final thing. Next week, we get Cammie uh, questions gets, asked for me. questions about... Is Ben the patriarchy? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, ben gets asked questions yep. about if he really is still fucked up or something, and will answer questions about theology, um, current yeah. theology. All, All right. right. See you guys next time. Peace.